0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to It's In The Book. I'm your host, Kelly, and I am tremendously grateful that you are joining me for yet another episode. You could be doing anything else. You could be listening to anything else, but you are here with me seeking revelation, confirmation, and affirmation from the Word of God. Again, tremendous thanks. Y'all, it has been so cold here lately I could not bear to even be outside it's been freezing okay and I don't know if it's cold where you are but here in uh, Southern Maryland it was 12 degrees <laughs> when we woke up um, we also had a couple of snow days this past week and I don't know when you're listening to this but um, This episode actually was supposed to be posted on Friday, January 19th, but that did not come to pass. Um, You know, I I try to do whatever, I try to live according to God's agenda, and uh, there were some other things that He brought to me that, um, you know, required. Urgent attention. And so I'm very sensitive to the Holy Spirit and what He says to do. That's just, you know, that's just what we do, Uh, that's just what I do. But anyway, um, so I'm glad that this episode is getting to you now and I'm so grateful for those of you who are listening. I'm so sorry for those of you who have been waiting, or I'm sorry to those of you uh, who have been waiting, but hopefully you um, will be blessed by, by the content covered in today's episode. I am going to read the scripture to you. Of course, you know, I'm coming from the New King James as usual. So I'm going to read scripture. I will give you the title for today's episode, and then we will um, pray and then get into content. Y'all ready? All right, let's do it. So today's scripture reading comes from Genesis 25, verses 7 through 11. And uh, it reads as follows. This is the sum of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived, 175 years. Then Abraham breathed his last and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. And his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah, which is before Mamre in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar the Hittite the field which Abraham purchased from the sons of Heth. There Abraham was buried and Sarah his wife. And it came to pass, after the death of Abraham, that God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac dwelt at Beer Lahai Roy. The title of today's episode is Beautifully Complicated. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We worship you because you are so great, so powerful, so mighty. You are wonderful and perfect in all of your ways, God. We are but sinners. We look upon our sin and we see filthy rags, God, but you look upon us and you see a chosen generation, God. And we thank you, Lord, for the Redeemer who died a most brutal death for our sins, yet he lives that we might conquer death and the grave. God, we thank you for everything you saw fit to give us here in this life, in the land of the living God. God, I ask that you would just fill me up and squeeze out anything that is not of you. God, fill me up so much that there is only you, that there is no room for me. Let the words of my mouth come forth. And let them land on the ears of listeners who are thirsting for you, God. Let them land on the ears of listeners who desire to hear from you today. And Lord, let it bless their hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So many of us are familiar with the story of Abraham, um, when we take a look back at Abraham's life, first and foremost, we call Abraham the father of the faith because he had incredible faith and it was from his DNA that we saw the Christ come to earth um, or come into the world. I'll say that. Not come to earth like he's some kind of alien, but (laughs) come into the world. Abraham's story for us starts with him leaving his family behind, taking his wife and his nephew Lot and traveling to a land that God said he would show him. And so Abraham basically left everything on faith and listened. He just hearkened to the voice of the Lord and he followed the Lord closely. And he just stopped when the Lord said to stop. And So when he arrived in Canaan, Canaan actually was a uh, there was a famine in in Canaan. Uh, but yet and still, Abraham set up an altar where he would worship the Lord, and he pitched his tent in the place where the Lord led him. Now. Abraham was given a promise by God, and that promise would be that his name would be made great. That promise was also that he that his descendants, his seed, would be like the dust of the earth or like the stars in the sky, just too many to be numbered. But what's very interesting, what I, I find most striking about Abraham, is that he never actually saw the promise himself. You know, the Lord gave him the promise of a son, and he had two. But the overall promise on Abraham's life, or made to Abraham concerning his life, wasn't just that he would be a father to Isaac and Ishmael, but that he would be a father of many nations. That he would... Inherit the land, okay, on which uh, it, the inherit the land of Canaan. And he never actually got to see those things come to fruition. Abraham operated solely on faith for a promise he knew he may never see. Throughout the Old Testament and into the New Testament, we see a plan unfolding to bring God's promise to Abraham to fruition, right? The Old Testament intricately illustrates the experiences of more than 40 generations of the children of Israel between Abraham and Jesus. There are 14 between Abraham receiving the promise and it coming to fruition, and he was so faithful that God even called him friend. God called him friend. Now, if we look back over our lives, we can see the unfolding of God's perfect plan. But what if you never see the promise? God is beautifully complicated. He he elegantly orchestrates every moment every moment of our lives, even the most complicated occasions, even the most difficult situations, those of which we just couldn't see our way out, they're part of the master's plan. And as perfect as that plan is, it is complicated. You know, God is omniscient and He just, with his wealth of wisdom and knowledge, his abundance, his infinite wisdom and knowledge, there's a certainty that we can rely on. But sometimes I ask myself, will I ever see the reason that I've gone through Everything that I've gone through. I think often about Job and all the suffering that Job endured. And, you know, very early on in Job's trials, he lost his children, all of them. All of them. And in the end, God restored Job threefold. But there are some things that you can't replace, right? God couldn't replace his children. God didn't replace his children. He gave him more children, but obviously it wasn't the same children. God is beautifully complicated. He can allow you to be broken down and torn apart, and he won't waste any of it. But you may never understand why, as was the case with Job. God allowed him to see incredible suffering, and he restored him, but he never told him why. Job just had to trust in the incredible sovereignty of God. The infinite wisdom, the magnificent faithfulness of God. And I think that that's hard for some of us. We want things to be a little easier. We want things to make sense. We want things to be comfortable. We want things not to require great risk. We want things to be guaranteed But it doesn't work like that all the time. I was talking to a friend of mine earlier, and we were just talking about how there are times when, you know, God will tell you what to do, and He won't tell you when or how or why. You got to sit and wait for the other instructions, you know. But the beauty of God is his complexity with all of the people on this earth, those who follow him and those who don't, he's still sovereign. He still has a plan for every one of those people. And Those, every individual plan has to work together for some big plan. And so you have to serve a God. You know, you you have to serve God understanding that the complexity is not only part of the relationship, but it's really one of the most beautiful parts of the relationship. God does this thing with me where he'll like give me pieces of things, parts of a, parts of something that he wants me to know, you know, parts of something that he wants me to do. And I kind of have to, well, not kind of, but I have to sit with him and listen and learn and let him teach me things. And when I do that, I get a clearer view of the big picture, but there's always just some parts that I can't see, you know? And I think about how Abraham had to leave this earth with only a minute fraction of the promise, but he was so satisfied with that. And it was his son Isaac, you know? Quite honestly, you know, Abraham was satisfied with Ishmael. It was the Lord who had to come and tell him, like, nah, that's not where the promise is going to come from. It's going to come through from this new kid, Isaac. (laughs) But Abraham was satisfied. He was okay with just getting a small portion of the promise, a small taste from Abraham comes Christ who saves the world. But Abraham would never see that. And obviously he had to be okay with it because, you know, you got to die, you know. Well, unless you're Enoch or Elijah, then you don't die. You just go to heaven. But if you're anybody else, you got to die. So there are promises that you're never going to see, right? But our hope is in that God will show us just a glimpse of it. That we'll just get a taste of it, David said. I would have fainted had I believed. Um, had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, and we definitely want to see God's goodness here while we're living here on Earth. But it requires great faith to not only understand. But to expect and appreciate that we won't see the whole thing, that we won't see the full measure of God's promise in our lives, or, you know, we won't see how God is fully using our lives in the Master's plan the master plan and the master's plan. There's another scripture I kind of want us to take a look at. Um, It's Hebrews 11. And it is verse eight. Let's look at verse eight and verse 13. I'm going to start with verse seven. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to the faith, or according to faith. Verse eight, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place, which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. And we see a great example of his faith there, um, a a summation of his faith. But let's look at verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Mm. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So my question for you is a question for me as well. Can you die in faith, not seeing the promise, but from afar off? If God said, I'm going to make you the mother or the father of many nations, but you only get one kid. So you can't look in front of you and see circumstances that actually reflect the promises of God. Can you have faith? God is just that beautifully complicated. Think about that. <laughs> Abraham had two children, one of whom his, uh, one of whom his, his wife didn't want around, and so the Lord told Abraham to go ahead and put put that child away and put that woman away. Abraham and it and it was through Isaac that the promise of the Christ was fulfilled, right? But of course, he becomes the father of many nations through both Ishmael and Isaac, but we we have to you have to think about that as a believer. Think about that. When you're in the middle of a situation, you know what God has promised you, but your situation does not reflect, does not indicate, does not suggest, is not even conducive to what God has promised you. Can you die in that faith? Can you live in that faith? Some of us can't live there. Some of us can't even live there. And that's to be expected. It's difficult to be faced with things that don't reflect what God has said to you. What do you do with that? Yeah, we trust God. Everybody says, trust God, trust God. Yeah, we trust God. But what does trusting God look like in a season where you're standing on God's promises, but everything around you looks like it isn't standing on God's promises. What do you do? Abraham died in faith. He went to his grave not being able to see the inheritance, the inheritance that God promised him. We talk about inheritances all the time. We say, oh, the nations, you know, the nations are our inheritance. Yeah, that's true. But what if that inheritance goes to your great, 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 great grandchildren? I'm not trying to get you to be cynical or, you know, think that God won't do or and definitely not question your faith. The purpose of today's episode is really to help us understand that the priority is not the inheritance. The priority is the relationship. When you have relationship with God like Abraham had, You can die, you can leave this earth, and you can go on to glory understanding that if you didn't see the inheritance that your obedience had established in the earth, the guarantee that your seed would get it, but that your relationship was good enough that your proximity to the lord was enough relationship is the priority i know that you know churches have a lot of motivation doctrine a lot of prosperity doctrine a lot of it's your year doctrine you know it's always your year come on <laughs> it's always your year and hey, there's nothing wrong with you know, there's nothing wrong with your church um trying to encourage you. It's nothing wrong with that at all. That's good. that's 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 good. However, if the reality is that you lack relationship and so much of what's happening in your life, is rooted in a lack of relationship, then a motivation or prosperity doctrine don't help you, right? We've got to change our hearts. We've got to change our motivations. We've got to change our desires because relationship is the real promise. That close walk with the Lord, it's gonna satisfy us more than any inheritance, any uh, any any inheritance of you know materials or territories or any of that. That closeness with your Father to glean from His wisdom. That is the priority. That's the number one. That's the number one. It's relationship. When Jesus talks about seeking Him first, He means Him first and the things of Him and His heart. When the priority is relationship, then not only does He add everything that we need, but those things really don't even matter anymore. The things that we want, the things that we you know, I used to always say that I I, I wanted I believe that the Lord was gonna give me an, enough money to buy myself and everybody connected to me a boat, if that's what you wanted, a boat. And to get myself a private plane and all these things. And yeah, those things are great. They really are. But when i shifted my focus to relationship i was able to say as much as i would like those things if i never get them if he promises those things to me but the the people that receive them are my children's children's children i would be okay i would be able to die in faith knowing that whatever god promised to me even if i didn't see it it would it it, it would it would, it would it was established in the earth, and it would fall on my family at some point in some time. It's a relationship. That should be our number one. That should be the thing we chase every day, a closer walk with him every day. We're all part of his grand plan for the world. The world. We all play some part in his... Plan and his will for the entire globe. But there are things for which he'll use us that we will never see. And we have to be okay with that. The beautiful complexity that is a master strategist using us to fulfill a promise to somebody else's life, <laughs> a promise to somebody else. And us maybe, never seeing the full scope of the promise he made to us. Can you do it? I would argue that that's where our faith lies. That's the place where our faith is both strengthened and—I don't want to say the word tested, but established. Our faith is established in relationship, and it's also made steadfast there. Because if you can have faith in the one who promised, then you can have faith that the promise will come to fruition, whether you see it or not. Your faith is not in seeing what he has promised. Your faith is not in seeing the evidence that it will come. Your faith is in knowing and acting like the one who promised you is going to do it in your lifetime or in that of generations after you. Yeah, God is beautifully complicated. and we love it. We love it. You have to. You got to love it. We got to love it because we're not that good. We're not that good at tra- at, at, at building that kind of strategy. We're not that good at uh, working out these kinds of things or writing that kind of plan or um, we're we're not that good at keeping promises, honestly. So yeah, I encourage you. I challenge you today to celebrate how beautifully complicated God is, and allow that complexity to strengthen your relationship with Him. And Cause you to make Him the priority. Relationship with Him the priority. Not your inheritance. Not His promises to you. Him. Making Him the priority. Not your gifts. Your spiritual gifts, I mean. Not your spiritual gifts. Him. Yeah. All right, y'all. Um. Let's pray, and then uh, we'll wrap this up. Father, in the name of Jesus, we worship you. You are beautifully complicated, God. You are perfect in all of your ways, God. You're not a man that you should lie, nor the son of man that you should repent. So we know that if you've promised us something, you're going to do it. And God, today, we want to trust That even if what you promised doesn't happen in our lifetimes, God, that we will die in faith knowing that you are faithful to do it. Even if it's for our children's, 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 children, that you're going to do it. Because your faithfulness never runs dry. We thank you. We praise you. I ask you to bless, every, bless the heart of every person listening. Bless their families, God. Protect them, Lord, in these perilous times. Keep them, hide them in the hollow of your hand, Lord, protecting them from hurt, harm, and danger, seen and unseen, until they tune in again. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, y'all, I got to go. You got to go. Lots of things to do today, lots of things to do this week. I apologize to you guys again for this episode getting to you um late, you know. It you know, I don't really have an excuse. Just lots of things going on and I just did not um, you know, I I follow the Lord's agenda and if he says, "Hey, put that on hold for a second. I know you want to do it. I know I've called you to do it, but" I need you to step in to do this or step in for this or stand in the gap for this person. You know, that's what I do. And so um but I hope that what you heard today blesses you. I hope it strengthens you. I hope it I hope it gets helps you. Sorry. I hope it helps you to um renew your passion and your fire for the Lord and 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 renew your desire for relationship. And if your desire was Blessings and not relationship. Then, hopefully, as you were listening today, then you've now made relationship the priority because his relationship with you is his priority. Make your relationship with him yours. Amen. Amen. All right. Next week. No, this week because you're getting this late. So, another episode this week. Love you. Bye.